Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 166 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you Jag about fire, power, passion. Here's your host, Woody. Thanks, Max. We have an exciting show tonight. But before we get into the show, we have a different guest with us right now. And she is the founder of a company called Warm. And it is Janine. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Woody. How are you? I'm good. I opened a box one day and I found this lovely thing, beautifully packaged, I might say. And you pull it out and it's this lovely pouch and you put your favorite toys in it and then you uh, plug it in. And in a half hour or so, things get rather warm and toasty, just like the name of our company, Warm. And the toys that come out of the bag, nice and warm to the touch, have a completely different feel for your partner than something at room temperature. Absolutely. (laughs) How did you come up with this uh, idea? Warm is the manifestation of a tangible, real life experience that I had with my partner, Um, an intimate moment between us that brought up a lot of stuff for me that I didn't even realize was, was there. He had pretty new into our relationship and unbeknownst to me, gone and prepared our room for some intimate time together. And, and the candles and the bed beautiful and, and all of those things. And I walked in thinking I knew what to expect with all of these little visual triggers um, and things to notice. And then as I laid back and he asked me to close my eyes and he touched me with something, I, I my brain, it was like a little Rolodex, like those old fashioned Rolodexes just spinning. And I had nowhere to go with it. I couldn't. I couldn't attach it to any should, would, could. It was this absolute new blank page that I had found in my 40s of, oh my God, there is nothing to do right now but completely lay back and receive. And it wound up being this incredible, on so many different layers, um, healing experience for me and this this real door opening into what has now become my primary relationship of trust and vulnerability and communication and this strong sense of him genuinely caring for me, even in wanting my toys to feel as best as they possibly could. It it literally changed my entire sexual paradigm. And I became obsessed with the sensations, with what he had done, playing with different toys, relaxing and just enjoying the feelings. Exactly as you said, they feel totally different. And then I started looking into the internet and reading blogs and reading other people's journeys and realizing, wow, wow, I would really like to make something that could simply, easily, sexy and elegantly allow other people to feel this amazing thing that we have stumbled on. And it took about two years of development and testing 
to get warm as, as you notice, beautiful and well-made and well-crafted and something that I'm really proud of. And we are finally launched into the market now. Well, let's talk about the product a little bit. Certainly what you said is the situation that I had uh, when I used it with my partners. And it is a, a wonderful feeling and it's elegant. Just the look of the uh, the pouch is elegant. And I, I want to say something about the out-of-box experience. Uh, I've worked in product launches for years. And uh, I got this regular cardboard box, an outer carton in it, some uh, packing material that uh, holds the, the inner box. And the inner box is just gorgeous. It is, uh, you know, to compare with uh, some high-quality stuff out there, if you've ever opened an Apple product, like an Apple Watch or something like that, it is certainly in that category of very high-end packaging. And uh, you know, it's got a little uh, flap that has a magnet in it that holds it down. It is just really nicely uh, packaged. And so when I see something like this, I know it's a quality product. And I flip it open, and it's this lovely uh, soft case. It has a, a power supply. Plug it in, and it has a detachable cord that you can uh, disconnect right at the pouch. And so if you uh, want to uh, put it in a drawer when you're done with it or something, you can just uh, disconnect it and uh, place it in the drawer and, and then plug it in next time you want to have some fun. In the line cord, it has a push button with a lovely purple light. And when you press it and it starts and it will run one hour. And so at the end of an hour, if you should forget about it or something, it will automatically shut off and be completely safe. It's not going to burn your house down. But it will certainly set your love life on fire. I will tell you that. Oh, I love that. I love that. You seem to have noticed every detail I was really passionate about. Um, yes, safety was a big concern, but also keeping the toys safe for, for long term. I didn't want to harm any of these luxurious higher-end toys that, that we are now able to finally have. Absolutely. I, I have acrylics and glass and different things that, that I've really worked at for a long time. Even even some of the rechargeables. Oh, yes. Completely safe with any battery-powered or rechargeable toy. I personally um, have, like, my go-to favorite is a Lilo, and, and I'm a very lucky woman. I've had a warm for two years now, and the Lilo looks as beautiful as it did the day that I started using it. And that's a fine toy also, yes. That is, that is a fine toy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of on the inside circuit of toys, and... Uh, uh, I had a couple sent to me, and um, they are battery-powered, programmable, automatic, electronic, you know, all those things. And they live very nicely in my warm. And when they come out, they're very happily accepted. Going through the, the list, the pouch has a magnetic closure, which is really nice. You don't have to fish around trying to get the thing to uh, close. So you have this, this inner liner, you put your toys in, and then you, it has a four-fold flap. And uh, you can uh, pull out the side flap and reach in and pull out a toy. It can be very discreet, slide it under your pillow, and so it's ready to go. And uh, it's just an elegant piece. It is, it's gone through all kinds of standard certifications, and it is a nice, safe unit. And it's a vegan product, not a single piece of meat in it. It is so vegan. I was really proud the day that I that I qualified for vegan certification. I actually have it framed in my warm office, and, and I'm really proud of that. It also allows the product to be cleaned very easily and very safely. You can even grab like an antibacterial kitchen wipe if you wanted and wipe the whole outer shell down 
I don't know if you've noticed, but the purple liner over the warming element is completely removable, throw it in the washing machine. So be it a really fun weekend or a play party, or you have a couple partners coming a couple days in a row, the whole thing is cleanable for, for multiple use like that. I wanted to design that in. That was really important to me. I have a circuit when, with my toys. They can get used, they can be warmed up, they get used, and then they go into a separate place to get cleaned properly before they go back into the warm. So, Right. You know, we all need to have our little program on how that works. Where do you buy this wonderful toy? Ah, right now, Warm is available, of course, on our website, experiencewarm.com. That's also all of our social media handles. Everything is Experience Warm because it really is an experience. It is. It truly is. It invites you to, to slow down, to be present, to, to, to just really be mindful of the sensations. So experiencewarm.com. We are also really proud to be offered through the Pleasure Chest. In fact, I just returned from doing two launch events in New York and Chicago, which was a lot of fun. This Thursday is our launch at the LA Pleasure Chest, if anyone wants to come. And then we are also available in New Mexico, through a store called Seductions, and then also in Colorado through a store called Christie's in a couple different locations. And starting next month, we're going to expand that and warm up the world. Well, you certainly are warming up uh, things one person at a time here and having a great time doing it. Listeners, check out this product. It is something that will change your love life. Believe me, I have tried it. I get rave reviews from it. Or maybe I'm getting the rave reviews. Well, I'm using it so I get the rave reviews. That's it. You know what, Woody? It is a win-win, isn't it? It is. I I can't lose on this one. (laughs) It's a great thing. Then without any further ado, we're going to jump back into the show and uh, with our regular guests. But Janine, thank you very much for joining us. And you have a great product. Oh, Woody, thank you so much for that. Thank you. It's been an exciting ride. Um, I'm really honored to be on your show. Thank you for having me here and, and letting me talk to your to your listeners. It's, it's really a treat. Today, the seat next to me is empty because the beast is ill. So sad. He's going to miss our guest tonight that is on the line with me right now, and his name is Jag. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. He's all the way up in Idaho. Yeah, nice, cool Idaho. It's supposed to even snow tonight. Yeah, I heard that. I was talking to my friend up north of you, and uh, she said it is getting ready. It's lathering up. Yes, it's been gray all day, so I imagine it's going to happen. You produce a show called Fire, Power, and Passion. We do. It's My wife and I produce the show. It's got about uh, 15 players in it. There is uh, four to six models that we do fire play with, setting on fire, doing poi, doing fire spinning, whips, and various other things. You had me at setting a model on fire. Yes. We actually do four people at a time. Uh, it's the layout on the show is four tables across the stage. Our staging is about 30 feet wide. And so it's a very widespread show. We've got professional lighting and a soundtrack and video that goes along with the show. Uh, and it's about an hour and 40 minute show. Sounds like a hell of an event. Wow. It is. It is. Yeah. And, and as we go through tonight, I'll kind of tell you the other things we do with it. Cause there's some cool other stuff, uh, where we, we produce a show called Cirque de Flamme also, uh, little play on Cirque. 
Yeah, so, so you're a bit of a firebug. Bit of a firebug. Yeah, I've been doing it 14 years, and first first saw it at uh, Thunder in the Mountains, and kind of fell in love with it, and went from there and started developing this whole show. Yeah, Thunder in the Mountain is pretty good show. I, I've been there many years ago. When you say set somebody on fire, elaborate a little. Okay. We do set people on fire on tables or standing up. Uh, we use a an alcohol fuel, and we will spread the fuel on the body, uh, light it with a wand, and then put it out. Uh, it usually burns for about three seconds. Really interesting effect, uh, depending on how we mix the alcohol and, and the people's bodies, we can get either a blue flame or a yellow flame or get some red in there. Uh, so we do different things with it. Wow. So now you're, you're painting with uh, fire. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very cool. And, uh, and we also do it standing. We also do it with poi. Poi? What, what is poi? Spinning poi. Have you ever seen like the, the Hawaiian dancers that dance with fire dancers? Yes. We do the fire dancing with spinning okay. on the bodies and around the bodies. Uh, we also do uh, whips, fire whips around the bodies. I've always wondered when you're flinging a, um, a whip or a flogger or something that is on fire, how do you keep from throwing the flame as the fuel would fly off it? Well, a couple things. One thing is as we get ready to start using the whips around the bodies, I will snap it. Uh, on the side and away from the body to kind of burn off extra fuel. And the fire will go at that point in time and even sometimes burn. We use a fireproof flooring and sometimes we'll get fire running across the floor, which is a really neat effect. And then once I feel comfortable that I've burned enough fuel off that I'm not, that it's not going to go against the body, I will start using the whip around the body. So it's really all about timing and what you're doing and balancing your fuel and fire load. Yes. Wow. Yeah, especially since the fuels we use on the whips and the poi, we also use fire fans. And uh, those fuels are a white fuel uh, and lamp oil. So they're much more stickier and hotter than alcohol. We have to be very careful. Now, this event that uh, we're talking about, uh, where do you hold this event? We hold the event at a club in Boise, Idaho, called the Knitting Factory. It holds about a 1,000 people, and it's a concert venue. They have a lot of concerts there. And we hold uh, three events a year there. We have our first event coming up April 14th this year is the Resurrection Freaks and Fetish Resurrection Ball. And that just happens to be on Easter weekend. How convenient. Yes. Yes. And so uh, that event is the whole Cirque de Flamme show. So it includes uh, Firepower Passion, which is the show on the bodies. Plus, we also have several dancers in the show. We use a studio called Ophidia Performance Studio for pole dancing and the, the silk scarf dancing and hoop dancing. So there's things going on constantly around the show. And it's almost a three-hour show. Uh, that's the one that we call Cirque de Flamme. We also have a troop of fire dancers and fire spinners that spin and dance, not a, not around the bodies. It's only my wife and I that do all the things on the bodies, but they do other spinning and dancing also. Uh, and our, our ringmaster of the show is, um, you might know her, Dominatrix of Diddy's or Princess of Parodies is what she used to go by. Yeah, she is a, has quite a reputation. 
is she not the best? Wow. And she is our ringmaster for the show. So we bring her in from Florida. She's kind of like is the ringmaster and the master ceremonies through the whole show. Very colorful. It is. It's a really cool show. And so that's Resurrection Ball. We do the same thing for Halloween. It's called the Freaks and Fetish Masquerade Ball. And that uh, this year is October 28th. And then we do uh, New Year's Eve. We have the uh, Freaks and Fetish um, Nightmare on New Year's Ball. And all these shows are at the Knitting Factory. They're all at the Knitting Factory. Yeah. Now, didn't I hear that you were taking these on the road? We do them on the road. We Last New Year's Eve, we did uh, the Firepower Passion Show at the Phoenix Club in Tampa, Florida, or Tampa Bay area. But uh, we had a great time with the show there. The show that we take on the road, the show that, let me put it this way, the show we do at the Knitting Factory is very highly produced with our dancers, and we have a couple of dances in the show. We can't take that on the road because all of our people are, you know, it, it'd be nice to do it full time, but it just doesn't, uh, it's not one of those things it is. They have a day job, yeah. They have a day job. Yeah, we can't just pull them out of their day jobs and say, hey, go travel for a week or two. So we do the Firepower Passion Show, which is the hour and 40 minute show, and we use people from the community. So I'll go in a week early, we'll set up the show, can do it either inside or outside. We'll train the models on a, like a cool little dance, you know, a couple of dances just to make it a little produced. And then we use their fire safeties and I bring in my sound and light person and my stage manager and then use everybody else in the community. The other 14, 15 people are all from the community. It sounds like a great way to innovate a local community into a great spectacle show like this. So when you are looking for an audience for this, since you already have some community members in the show, then you draw the rest of the community around? We do. We do. Everybody that's in the firepower portion part of the show is all community members from our community here in Boise, from the big show. Mm -hmm. And like when we were in Tampa, we used community members down in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, so we go, when we go into a community, we, we use everybody in that area to help them get involved in the show. They have a blast. It's a fun time. Um, it brings the community together because they get their friends there and, and it can be used in all kinds of situations. Do you market the show to a broader audience? Uh, we have not marketed it to a broader audience, but we are considering it. We're looking at possibly going out a little more to swingers crowd and, you know, I, I can't get too vanilla with it. It's funny. I, I do promotions with one of the radio stations in town, which is kind of the new hard rock station. But most stations are afraid of it. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Naked people on fire on a stage. Well, it's funny. We're Knitting Factory is a national company. They actually have knitting factories around the country, like New York, L.A., uh, Spokane, different areas. And this is, we're the first people ever allowed to do fire inside of a knitting factory. So it's kind of a big jump for them. And, uh, and they've been great, great to work with. And of course, you know, we have to work within all of the liquor laws and nudity is very difficult with the liquor laws in Idaho. Yeah. Let alone other places. Idaho is a little bit harder. So we had to, we had to really, uh, watch ourselves and, and we used leather patches there. Most of our shows, it's not, it's all new, all naked. But we used some leather patches, and, and we got around all the, the, the stuff that mattered, and everybody was happy, and the club was happy, and the police were happy, and liquor board was happy. So we were thrilled. 
you were happy and uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds like a, a great opportunity. I, I wish I was in Boise to see this. Wow. Well, you know, maybe we can get you up here. Yeah, take the show on the road. But I do have a day job. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a Friday night, so we maybe we can uh, we can get you up here for that. I'd be, it would be cool to have someone have you in and 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 uh, have you see the show and be able to talk about it. It would be it would be fun for you. And great for us, and you know, get you some VIP tickets for upstairs for all the party stuff. Uh, you know that you're tempting me. Uh, you're bending my arm. We we may have to do this. Yeah, we should talk. I'm I'm serious about that. I would love to have you up here. The kinky cast mic goes on the road. Yeah, there you go. We could do a broadcast from the show or do a podcast from the show. Yep, sounds like fun. Yeah, it is quite a visual uh, activity that you're doing, and. On the show page, we're going to have the links to your various events that you do, which have some amazing photography to see the uh, the color and uh, all the flames. I mean, the first time I saw it, I just just mesmerized. Thank you very much. We're starting to get our videos up. We we filmed the whole last show. So little by little, we just recently, we should have the uh, a one-minute, one, two-minute video up on the website. Uh, on the three websites anytime, but probably, probably by this weekend. And then we're going to start bringing the other video out. I, I've got like, I did a six camera shoot on an hour and 40 minute show. So now it's just getting the time to get it all put together, but we've got some way cool footage. Editing will kill you. <laughs> yes. I've got an editor, but she also has a day job. Uh, yes. So, long and tedious. And if it wasn't for my editing submissive, this show wouldn't be on the air. Thank God for our ed- editing submissives, right? Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, that's it. That's what we do. You know, I, I also do some classes uh, and various things. Obviously, I've, I've taught fire uh, around. I know that seems like a long shot, but, you know, work with fire and, and knives and, and some MS stuff. And But uh, I've, I've taught at the Citadel in San Francisco a few times and, and uh, Utah and fire and knives. I mean, you're just going right down my interest level here. Just checking them off. I'll tell you, and I know that these pictures are on the website, but there's a picture where I, I actually built a sword. I had a long 36 inch sword, one of the big fighting swords. And I built it as a flaming sword. And I use that on bodies to set fire on the bodies on an actual, with an actual metal sword. And uh, and then my wife wipes off the fire. So combined together, we do all the, the fire together. And and uh, Mistress Rose is her name. It's very fun to have two dominants in one household. Uh, yes, uh, it does make for interesting times. Uh, yes. I, I, we used to have one here. Used to. But that's beside the point. <laughs> and a whole nother show. Yes. So, yeah, we do some neat things. We One thing I do that's probably the... Uh, the our tagline, by the way, on the show, on the, the world's only fetish fire spectacular is how we bill it. That's pretty cool to get that, that saying right there. One of the things that we're always, every time I do the show, people just are aghast at this one is I actually light myself on fire from uh, toe to head all the way and, and play while I'm lit on fire, play a, a guitar lit on fire, flaming guitar. So I am completely engulfed in flames with a guitar. For how long? 
about 10 seconds. Okay. Yes. I definitely need to see this. Um, uh, listeners, uh, get up to Boise, Idaho, and uh, check this thing out. Yeah, and the ticket, it's actually really reasonably priced. The general admission tickets are nineteen fifty, and the VIP is thirty nine fifty. So it's not a fortune. It sounds like an amazing evening of entertainment. Now, when is the next show? Uh, it is Friday, April 14th, 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Knitting Factory in Boise. And then the one after the October show is October 28th. Okay, so we have Easter and Halloween. Yes. All right. That sounds like just such an amazing show. And then we go out on the road and other times from that. So if you've got an event and you're interested in talking to us, get a hold of us through our, our websites and, and uh, you know, talk to us. Maybe we can end up wherever you're at. Now, I guess you have some regulations uh, when you are on the road to different venues. Yeah, I have the same regulations everywhere I go. I have to contact the fire department. I have to get a fire permit, and I also have to get a pyro permit because we also have pyro blasts going off during the show. So I have to get two permits. Fire department comes out, sees everything, makes sure that we know what we're doing. Hi, Mr. Fire Chief. We want to let you know that we're going to be lighting naked girls on fire. Just wanted to let you know. (laughs) You know, it's really funny. You'd think that would kind of throw them a little bit, but the fire department, like I, I deal mostly, the department I deal with most is Boise. And these guys come, they love the show. You know, and that one time we did a show here and a whole battalion showed up and I'm going, seriously, what is everybody here for? And they go, we told them about the show when we came and saw it for doing the permit and nobody could believe it. They all wanted to come. I, they love it. They get such a kick out of it. Firemen are firebugs. I know I am. One. Yeah. No, are you? yeah. So, you know, it only makes sense. You can certainly uh, get very attached to something like this because it is the flash and and uh, just beautiful flames, uh, in this case, on people, which is like the bonus prize. Yeah, it is the bonus prize. It's a bonus prize for me, too. There is nothing that puts me in a in just a greater headspace than, than doing fire on people. And you've been uh, perfecting your craft for a while, you say? Yeah, 14 years. Started 14 years ago. And I practiced, before I started doing really intricate stuff, I'd practiced about 400 hours on on people that trusted me to, to learn on them. And so put a lot of energy into all my little quirky things that I wanted to do. And when people see it, they go, I've just never seen anything like that done. So we have some unique little little things we do. To have somebody that is as trained as you are and as uh, attentive which is probably the biggest thing. My wife did a fire scene with uh, someone here at the house, and it did not go well. I've seen them go bad, you know, and, and you, you can kind of look at it. You can look at how the scene is and everything surrounding it and what they're using for wands and how they're wrapped and, and various things and, and just go, ooh, you know, can I help you with that? Because it can be very dangerous, you know, and sometimes people don't think about the dangers. Well, you, you have your fire and fuel source, you know, uh, next to you, and you have your uh, the person in front of you that may be all alcoholed up. And keeping flames and alcohol separate until the right moment is always a trick. And then after it starts burning, one has to be able to arrest it without setting the rest of the room on fire. Right. And one thing also that people have to do is the the top who's doing the fire 
has to be okay with themselves on fire because there are people that try to do fire without realizing that you're going to be on fire too. And, and it spooks them. And then they start worrying about putting themselves out before putting the bottom out. Yeah. When in actuality, it's pretty easy to put both of you out at once. But, you know, I've had my hands on fire several times, you know, just from the alcohol. And you have to be used to looking at them and going, that is so cool. And realizing it just isn't going to burn, that you can get it off fast enough. And, and when I say so cool, I don't mean that in a flip way. I just mean you have to be very relaxed about that it's no big deal. If you panic, it's going to go very bad. goes bad for everyone. It, it just doesn't go good. And, and we soak, like all of our fabrics that I put, when I use tables, massage tables and stuff, we soak all of our cotton uh, covers and everything, our towels that we use for putting out the fire, everything is soaked in a flame retardant material. And most people that do fire play just can't afford to do that because that stuff is really pricey. Mm-hmm. But because we're doing the show, we have to. We have to make sure that the fire department's all over are good with us. Well, it makes sense. You either do this responsibly or you're going to be in a very bad way. Right. And, we're, you know, with the Knitting Factory, we're dealing with a place that has huge concerts all the time. And, you know, they worry about their reputation. I, I was just thrilled that they allowed us to be the first in 25 years to put fire in a place that they told everybody in the world fire couldn't go in. Yeah, so many rock shows have pyro in them now. Yeah, and they wouldn't allow any. They wouldn't allow pyro or fire. So we were literally the first people. So it's been a really nice relationship with them. I can't say enough good things. And, you know, and anywhere we go, I, I work well with, uh, like, if it's an inside event, we make sure that uh, we're doing it right through the fire department there. Or if it's outside event, you know, we make sure the weather conditions are right. Because I'm also breathing fire on models, which... Breathing fire in itself is a probably the most dangerous thing that you can do. Elaborate on that. Fire breathing, sometimes called fire blowing, mm-hmm. where you've seen these guys put fire up to their mouth and blow the plumes out. Right. I do it above models. I do it with the models. And, you know, most people that do it will just do it by themselves. Right. I do it on the models. But there's a, there's a ton that can go wrong with that. Fire departments consider it the most dangerous most fire people that are into fire consider that the most dangerous thing they can do. So many things can go wrong. Yeah. Uh, You're putting an accelerant in your mouth, I assume. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. you are. And then, you know, you're trying to blow it out and keep the flame separated from it going into your mouth. That's right. And there are people where it's gone in and down their throats and just wreaked havoc on their insides. Well, you know, fire burns at so many feet per second, and if you don't get it moving fast enough, it is going to come backwards. That's right. That is absolutely true. You know, and, and every once in a while you get, I, it's called a blowback, where it'll blow backwards, it'll come backwards, and, and it, it looks really cool on film. But, you know, when it when you're doing it and you're watching it come backwards, you have to just keep blowing to make sure all the fuel is gone. Yeah, so and, it's, and it's your lungs cool. are going, more, more. <laughs> Luckily, I've never gotten to that point. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel very blessed because even though I'm doing this very high risk on the other side of rack kind of thing, in 14 years, I've never been burned and I've not burned any models. So I feel very good about that. That is quite a testament because yeah. things could go very wrong very fast. And yep. you're careful enough that you are working it out in advance and you know what the limits are. Yeah, I know what the limits are. We work it out and practice it over and over. 
with ourselves, my wife and I, before I do it on anybody else. So by the time it's on somebody else, uh, although I did have to find a sub for, uh, I start fire with, uh, the stun guns. Yeah. I start fire with stun guns. So I needed to find a sub that was into a little bit of pain to, to practice on that one. But it is a cool, it's a cool. I, where do you find a sub into pain? Uh, you know, that, that oh, oh yeah, God. that's right. Everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. <laughs> You know, it's funny, the, the police department, when I was talking to them about it, they go, where do you find people that are willing to have you set them on fire? And I looked at them, I just went, well, everywhere. I go, that's not the problem. The problem is you guys. You know, you're, you're completely twisting their head around. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. like I gave them the pictures of all the fire play and stuff, and they're looking at them going, wow. <laughs> so... Because they're going, you know, nobody ever gives us this stuff. They're always trying to hide from us. I said, no, I want you to see what I'm going to be doing so that I make sure when I do it, you don't want to arrest anyone. You know, it makes perfect sense. I used to be involved in big parties, and we always brought the police in. First off, yeah. they're hip enough. They understand what goes on. And the more you hide it, the worse it's going to get. That's right. It's it, What is it they say? It's not the crime. It's the cover-up mm-hmm. that always gets you. Right. Cover up lies. Gee, it's bitten so many people. Yeah. No, so we always get them involved and they're fine with it. You know, they just think I'm odd as I'll get out. But other than that. Well, you're expanding their world, Mr. Fifty Shades here. Yeah, right. That's right. I hate to to keep referencing the book, but the fact is that people are crossing over from vanilla into kind of slightly pinkish, you know, as they get into this whole thing. And it's changing a lot of people's lives. And minds, I think. And minds. Uh, it's opening the closed mind. Yeah. And you're going in there really kind of um, tempting, I think. And I, I think when you get on the radio and you advertise this, I, I'm boy, a, a fly on the wall. I wonder what the reactions are to uh, a lot of the listening audience. The radio here in Boise, the Hard Rock Station, and we'll talk about the show. Uh, as a promotion before it's on. And I wonder, I always wonder what are people thinking as I'm going through this on vanilla radio, you know, on celestial radio. So it's very interesting. So what kind of ticket sales do you see for that event? The the venue holds 995,000 people. And we give, do giveaways, promotions for the radio station, newspapers, things like that. So we have about 750 tickets to sell. And we'll we'll sell somewhere between six and and seven fifty. I certainly wish you the very best in uh, your upcoming show and your uh, Halloween show. Also, that sounds wonderful, and I've got to figure out how to get up to Boise. I'm serious. We'll work it out. I'll uh, we'll talk and we'll see if we can figure out a way. All right. Thank you for uh, chatting with us uh, this evening, and we uh, look forward to uh, seeing more pictures on the site and uh, some video that you promised. Yep, we'll get it up. And everybody, check it out. And if it comes to your town, very much check it out. All right, thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to episode 166 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we chat with Trixie on Poly Relationships.